would like to suggest today that prayer begins for many of us with that stillness. We often plan religion in advance. We plan what we're going to do, like how to get here or the services that we're going to. And if you're part of a church congregation, often it's quite busy. But I want to suggest to you that holiness or prayer begins in the still place within you. The holy day is here and now, not in advance, not on Sunday, not in the summer, it's now. The monks, the ancient monks, knew the wisdom of giving each part of the day to God so that early in the morning they woke up, they knew the coming of the light. They knew the heat of the noonday. They knew the time to share together food. They knew the afternoon toil in the gardens. They knew the evening bringing the intensity of the day to an end. They knew the movement of the sun. But we no longer see the movement of the sun. We've, we've become so busy that we've often become remote from the things of God. We've pulled the curtain on the sun and moon and closed the windows so that we no longer smell the air. When it's cold, we put on the central heating. When it's hot, we put on the fan or the air conditioning. We no longer feel the seasons in our body. We no longer give time or as much time as we should to the things of God. But I want to suggest to you that prayer is here and now. It's where you are today. It's here, sitting in this room. It's the street you walk down to the bus stop. It's the shop you go to. It's the centeredness inside of you. This is your place of prayer. This is your faith. It is now. When we seek God, I want to suggest that it's not about doing more, but it's about doing less. It's about subtracting, taking off all the appendages until we get back to the essence of who we are. It's a stripping down. In your heart of hearts, when you come to prayer, what is it that you long for? Perhaps it's a greater stillness. Perhaps it's that moment that you've tasted in your prayer which is free from stress and free from anxiety. Perhaps the kind of prayer that we really long for are those moments when we feel that we are completely centred when for a moment we can let go of all the 101 things in our minds and find a place of belonging. 
Many of you will know the poetry of Gerard Manley Hopkins. And in a poem called Heaven Haven, which is a time a nun takes her veil, he describes that moment of stillness. This is what he says. I have desired to go where springs not fail, to fields where flies no sharp and sided hail, and a few lilies blow. And I have asked to be where no storms come, where the green swell is in the havens dumb and out of the swing of the sea. I wonder how many of us have desired that place where we feel the sweetness of God's love, where we feel that we are not restless anymore, we're not searching in a hundred different directions, where we're not multitasking, but we are truly, fully present. There is a scene in the Gospel where I believe the disciples go in search of that place of stillness. On that day, when evening had come, Jesus said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind him, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with him, and a great gale arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care we are perishing? He woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased. And there was a dead calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this man that even the wind and the sea obey him? I'd like to suggest that perhaps one of the reasons you came today was that all of us have that kind of calling within us to go across to the other side. A calling to, to go with Jesus, to leave the crowd behind, as the Gospel says. How many of you feel a little bit burdened by so many of the things in our world at the moment? The wars, the politics, the constant news, which is news of anxiety, and if there's nothing to fear, to fear things that may happen in the future. I wonder how many of you are worried and burdened with things like family and friends and how all the difficulties that they are facing are going to work out problems of your own health, worries about getting older, worries about house and the upkeep of your house, worry about the state of the world, the climate, 
everywhere we look, there seems to be more and more anxiety. And I wonder how many of us have just longed for that place where we go across to the other side, where we leave behind us all those worries that sometimes overwhelm us and sink us, that we get into a boat with Jesus and we feel that beautiful stillness of being in the presence of Christ. I wonder how many of you have gone off on a quiet day or a retreat or a, a moment of holiday where you think, oh, I'm going to find that place of stillness. And it says here that they go with Jesus just as he is. Beautiful line, isn't it? They go with Jesus just as he is, without appendage. He's not carrying loads of bags. He's not carrying loads of files and computers and iPhones. He's, he's just going just as he is with open hands. And how many of us, too, have wanted to go with Jesus just as we are? To leave behind all these bags and all the baggage of modern living, you know, where you have to have a hundred things with you. I know when I go off to retreat, I kind of think, I can't take all this. I've got a massive great suitcase. Half of it I'm never even going to look at. I remember when I went on a 30-day silent retreat and I carried this great bag and it was full of all the books I was going to read in a 30-day retreat. And the monk just said to me, leave those at the door. And I said, what? <laughs> you know, what am I going to do without all those appendages of modern living? They go with Jesus just as he is. Have you experienced those moments in your life where you go just as you are, where you for a minute let go of all that other stuff and you go just as you are? When we go just as we are, it can feel frightening, but it also can feel very freeing. Hello. They go and they get into the boat with Jesus, going with him just as they are. And they think, I think, that if you go with Jesus in a boat across to the other side, away from the crowd, I think they think it's going to be more like the best holiday of their lives. They're going into the place of sacred holiness, the holy day with Jesus. But much to their surprise, something very different begins to happen. Instead of finding that place of complete silence and peace, that still place, they begin to find that welling up all around them is a storm. And waves are beginning to beat against the side of the boat. And I wonder if that's true of you too. The moment where you come and think, oh, now I'm going to pray. I'm really going to be silent. I'm really going to be still. I'm going to have my holy moment with God. And then, did you leave the gas cooker on? Did you pack that book that you should have brought with you? Did you answer that phone call you should have answered? What happened to your grandson? Did you phone him up and find out? And more and more, the waves begin to take over our silent moment of prayer. And some of them may be just 
prayers of busyness or prayers of all the things we've got to do. But some of them are like are like things which threaten to sink us. Memories from the past, things that have gone wrong, things that make us feel far from holy, things that disturb our minds and seem to be swamping our boat and sinking any sense of holiness. I wonder what those anxieties are for you. It's quite helpful sometimes to, what we say, recognise what comes into our silence. Recognise that fear of being alone, perhaps. Recognise our inadequacies. Oh, that's my feeling of not being good enough coming into my mind again. Or that's my fear of rejection. Or that's the thing I got wrong. Or that's the argument I had. Recognise. But I wonder in the silence too, if we can begin to recognise without judging. It's tough, isn't it? Because when we recognise the things that are not altogether what we want to see, we start that process in our mind of judgment, 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 judgment of others, and worst of all, judgment of ourselves. And sometimes, far from feeling very peaceful, it feels like the boat of prayer that we're in is beginning to sink. And where is Jesus? I mean, after all, we, we came into this boat because we wanted to go across to the other side with Jesus. And where is Jesus? He feels as if he's not listening. It feels as if Jesus is fast asleep. Wake up, the disciples say to Jesus. Don't you care? Don't you care that here am I in my life, over here I am, I'm trying to pray to you in silence, and I'm just burdened with all these waves, all this storm that threatens to sink my boat. Don't you care? And I invite you to imagine that Jesus is sleeping. His stillness is contrasted with all our anxiety. Far from being anxious and rushing about the boat, he's asleep on a cushion. Wake up, wake up, wake up, don't you care? And Christ stands up. Imagine him standing up. And imagine him saying these words to you. Peace. Peace. Be still. Such simple words, not a great philosophy, not a great treaty on prayer, just 
peace. He shuts the mouth of your storm. Peace. Be still. I invite you here and now to imagine that today he's saying those words to you. In the midst of all the anxiety that you face, in all the difficulties and struggles of your life, in all the very genuine causes you have to feel that your boat may be sinking, Jesus says to you at the very heart and centre of your prayer, peace. Be still. Hear those words spoken to you. Peace. Be still. Why are you afraid? Jesus says to you. Why are you so frightened? Why are you so anxious? Don't you know that I am with you always? That, that's Jesus' promise to be with us always until the end of time, to be there at the center of the storm of your life. Peace. Be still. Do you not know that I am always with you? And in, in the Bible, the, those words mean that Christ is like kind of muzzling, muzzling the, the mouth of the storm. He's closing all that anxiety off so that it can't bite you. And inside of you, you feel a huge peace. at the very centre of what was previously a storm. I'd like to suggest to you today that that's where silent prayer begins. It begins, it begins in that peace, not separate from the storm, but at the heart of the storm. Many people try and pray contemplatively and they come to me and say, Oh, but my mind is so full of so many things. Yeah, of course it is. That's what it means to be alive. All meditation teachers say your mind is like a waterfall. It doesn't stop. And the moment you try and stop it, the ideas will start pouring into your head and you'll be pulled in all directions and you'll feel often that your boat is sinking. So how do we find that peace? We focus on Jesus at the center of the storm. Perhaps you choose a few words 
a mantra of prayer, peace be still, is one of them. Oh Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. Or Maranatha, or come Lord Jesus. You recognise all those forces which are trying to sink your boat and you say, I see you, I see you. But I'm not going to be drowned by you because I am with Jesus in the boat. Rowan Williams writes that contemplative prayer, this kind of seeking silence, seeking the silence of God, is not just an additional extra. It's at the heart of our prayer. And he suggests that it's revolutionary. That actually, if we start giving space to God, if we start going with Jesus just as we are, facing the storm and seeking that silence and that peace that Christ can be begins, then it's a deeply revolutionary activity. It changes who we are and it changes our faith. It is silence that offers space for our lives, too big and complex to be contained or explained by words. It is silence that gives God a home to all our hopes and fears and the fragments and layers and tangents of our lives. It is silence in which God holds us, each one of us, and tells us, you are my beloved. It is in silence that we are completely accepted. The light, the dark, the shadows, the sun, the wind, the rain, the rainbows of our lives. We seek to discover the silence of our God at the very centre of all that we are. The living centre that makes the fullness of God possible. The ancient monks, the, the, the people like Evagoras used to say, that when you face the storm, you have to look over the shoulder of the storm and see what is beyond it. Or if you are facing trouble or anxiety in your prayer, imagine it a bit like when you're in an aeroplane and you're going through turbulence and you think, oh goodness, this, this aeroplane is going to crash. And then the aeroplane rises above the turbulence so that you begin to look down on it. Isn't that a beautiful place to arrive in prayer where we're no longer being buffeted about but actually we're finding that peace, that peace be still above the turbulence. Or I don't know if any of you are swimmers but if ever you are swimming, I, used to, I do a lot of swimming, but if you are seeing a big wave come they say, don't just stand there and let the wave hit you in the face. Dive down beneath the wave. Because actually under the wave, it's quite still. It's only on the surface that the wave will knock you all about. Or another image of prayer, which is for me one of the most helpful. Imagine that you are out on a very cloudy day. 
and suddenly the whole of the sky is filled with a deep, dark cloud. In silent prayer, the wisdom is to remember that you are not the cloud. What do I mean? I mean that we often think, oh, it's so awful. But you are not the cloud. The cloud comes and fills your mind, but the cloud also goes. Finding the still place with God is to realize that you are not the cloud. You are not defined by that cloud. The clouds of our lives come, the clouds of our lives go. We are not the cloud, we are the heavens, we are the whole sky. So when you're praying and a thought, a compulsive thought comes into your mind, like, oh, I'm so worried, I'm so awful, I shouldn't have spoken to that person like I did. Let that cloud come, let it go. You are not that pain or that problem. That problem is an incident in your life. It will come, it will go, but you are the beloved of God. You are part of the whole sky, the heavens, the height, the depth, the breadth of God's love. We're always moving, but we don't always see. We're always talking, but we don't often hear, or we hear in snatches. We hear notes and discords, but sometimes we miss the music, or we miss the silence in which the music floats. You actually have to stop in order to notice. You have to stop in order to be found. Have you ever tried to eat something so quickly that actually you tasted nothing? Sometimes in our rush that we actually end up feeling depleted. Last year I went to the Holy Land by myself, which was fantastic. And I I spent a whole three days in the Basilica of the Annunciation where Mary received the news of, of, of that she was going to have a child. And she said, I am the servant of the Lord. And I just sat there for three days because I, I wanted to be there in the presence of that place. But most of the people who came into the Basilica came in with their iPhones. They filmed the whole thing. They saw the whole of the basilica through the iPhone and then they left. And most of the groups, I'm not being critical, I'm not being holier than them, but most of the groups were only there for five or ten minutes. And I thought, that so often my life is like that too. I'm so busy that I miss being there. I miss the experience. When I used to live with the Brotherhood in the Solomon Islands, you became intimately linked with everything that was happening around you. When it rained, you got wet. When you were hungry, you knew you had to plant more in the garden. When you went fishing, you knew that the 
the waves could sink your canoe. So the whole time you were very, very aware of everything that was around you. And I remember a friend of mine came to visit and he took no photos at all. Most tourists, when they come, they are forever taking, oh, can I have a photo? Let's take a photo, let's take a photo. And one of the brothers said to him after a week of being there, you're not like other white men. And he said, why is that? He said, because you don't take any photos of us. And the uh, friend of mine who'd come to visit said, ah, but my eye is my camera and my heart is my album. <laughs> and I've never forgotten that. And I think that that's also how prayer should be. We're so often so busy that we stop being present to God. So how can we pray? How, how can we pray? Let's think of some images of praying. Okay. Pray as if, have you ever visited someone in hospital and they're really a bit too old or ill to speak a lot? And so after about five minutes, the conversation runs out. Have you ever been in a situation like that? So you really love this person. Perhaps it's an elderly mother or father, or perhaps it's a, someone you care about. You've gone to visit them in hospital, and actually you realize when you visit them, that's not a lot of conversation. So you can go and leave them, but that doesn't seem right either, does it? Because you've come to see them in hospital. You really love them. What do you do? Well, perhaps you simply sit by their bedside and hold their hand. I want to suggest to you that the next time you pray, instead of trying to think of hundreds of different words and agendas and things you've got to ask God for, he knows it already. Just sit there as if you are holding the hand of Jesus Christ. Just sit there as if you're holding the hand of someone you love. You don't have the words or the explanation. You don't know what the future is. But you want to be with them and show your love. What is prayer? I asked the members of Nazareth community. And one of the members of Nazareth community who has severe mental health problems came up with the wisest answer of all. She said, prayer is loving. That's what prayer is. It's not the words we use. It's not how academic we are. It's not that we've got a diploma in theology. It's not that we know all the doctrines. Prayer is loving, is holding the hand of the one we love and being with them. Another image for prayer. When you pray, imagine you are floating in the sea 
I don't know, not all people are swimmers, but I love floating in the sea, especially if the sea is warm, and I'm in Greece on holiday. So on a cold March morning, it's quite nice to imagine that. But imagine you are floating in the sea. What happens if you panic? Well, if you panic in the sea, you sink. Prayer is a bit like that too. The more we think, oh dear, am I doing the right thing? Am I, what are we, all these, let go of all of that. Imagine you are floating in the sea in your prayer. The stiller you are, the more you will float in God's love. Or another image of prayer. I've just got a um, curate, not, uh, no, not a curate, she's a, a fully-fledged priest, actually, but she's been on maternity leave. And when I saw her, she said, oh, I've been really bad at praying this last year. And yet, there she was, holding this baby as if the baby was Jesus Christ or she was, you know, Mary, mother of Jesus, holding the baby like this. And she absolutely, totally attentive to the child in her arms. I said, what do you mean you haven't been praying? I said, that's your prayer. You're holding your prayer in your arms. That is like prayer, isn't it? Holding the thing we love so tenderly, so gently, so attentively. That's how we should hold on to prayer, with total love and attention. Another image, full of images this morning. Pray as if you're feeding birds or watching or bird watching. Is anyone a bird watcher here? Yeah. What happens if you become too active and too busy? <laughs> the birds disappear. Or where's that bird coming? I haven't seen that bird yet. The bird won't come. The only way birds come is actually when you let go of all the expectation and you are still and then the birds start to land or you begin to notice. That's like prayer too. Or prayer is like listening to the fall of rain that drips from the eaves of your home. Rain, watering the land, quenching you, quenching your soul. Be still, do not be afraid. Do you not know that I am with you? Breathing in. Breathing out. Breathing in the love of God. Holding the love of God within you. Breathing out. Recognizing the clouds which come, knowing they will depart, knowing that God is at the very centre of all that you are and says to you, peace, be still. Do you not know that I am with you? 
Why are you frightened? 